But why not take the Bible out? And it's on page 373. And boys and girls, what must we always do before we look at God's Word? What do your leaders do before you start a lesson? Pray. Well done. So we're going to pray and ask for God's help. So let's do that just now. Our Father in heaven, we have just sung that your word is like a light in a dark, dark place. And so we pray this morning that you would, as it were, turn that light on, that we would be able to read and understand this story from the Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. Once upon a time... How exciting are those words? Do you like those words? Once upon a time. When you hear those words, you are not quite sure where you might end up. You could be tucked up in your bed, in your PJs, snug as a bug in a rug, but you might end up in a fantasy world of excitement as a prince or as a princess. Or you might end up defending the galaxy in a spaceship. Once upon a time. And how do we like a once upon a time story to end? What are the best final words of a once upon a time story? Yeah? Anyone else? Yeah? And they... Oh, come on. And they... It's true, isn't it? We love the once upon a times to finish with the and they all lived happily ever after. Well, we read a story from the Bible this morning, which is a once upon a time story. But it's not made up from your dad's imagination. It's not a fantasy. It is a true story about real people who were as real as you and me. Do you know the Bible is made up of many, 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 many different stories. We've seen that in your great display this morning. Many, many stories, but those many, many stories actually make up one story, don't they? You told us that this morning. Many, many stories which make up God's one big story. And I hope what we're going to see this morning is the many, many stories that make up God's one big story can actually be our story, your story. So, once upon a time, there was a man called Naaman. Is anybody called Naaman here this morning? Naaman. I don't think that's your name. But there was a man called Naaman. Now, Naaman was a great man who had a great job, who had done great things. He was very brave, very valiant, very courageous. He had a great job. He was pretty much the prime minister of his country. And he had done great things. He had won many battles, won many wars, and he was very successful. If you grew up at the time of Naaman, boys... He would have been the type of guy you would have dressed up as to go to a fancy dress party. You would have got your sword on and got your uh, shield and you would have gone as Naaman. And girls, he would have been the dreamy, handsome prince for your story. However, before we get too excited about Naaman, we are told that although he was a great, great man who had a great, great job, who had done great, great things, there was a but... Great, great man, great, great job, great, great things. But where's my first glamorous assistant? Come up, quick, come and help me. It's glamour-ish rather than glamorous, isn't it? But um, let's hold this up. 
So we learn of Naaman that he was a great, great man who had a great, great job, who did great, great things. And whenever I point at this, I want you to say that. He was a great man, great job, great things. Oh, that was lame. Come on. He was a great man, great job, great things. You didn't do it. Next time when I point, please. Great man, great job, great things. Do you know he had leprosy? Now, leprosy was a horrible horrible disease that not only meant Naaman felt very, very sick, but he looked very, very sick. And do you know the really sad thing? There was no one who could help him. No one who could make him feel better. And his leprosy, this disease, it spread and it spoiled and it separated him from other people. He was a great man. He had a great job. He had done great things. He had leprosy. And you know, although he had tons of money, his money couldn't help him. Although he had defeated many enemies, he couldn't defeat his leprosy. And although he was friends with all the greatest kings in the world, they couldn't help him get rid of his leprosy. He was a great man with a great job who had done great things. Come on. But he had leprosy. And you know, the... The one story of the many, of Naaman, makes up the big story of the Bible. And it tells us that, you know what, boys and girls, we might be great people who do great things like Naaman. But we too have... Yeah, there is a but. It's only got one T there. Um, there There is a but. Not that we have an outside skin disease called leprosy, but an inside heart disease called... Sin. No, sin is when we say to God, God, we don't want you to be the master and we be the servants. We want to be the master. We want to decide what we do and when we do it and why we do it. Like, just like leprosy, the Bible says sin spreads and it spoils and it separates us, not from other people, but from God. So just like Naaman was a great man with a great job who did great things... He had leprosy. The Bible says, however great we might be, we are sinners. But we are sinners. You're doing a great job. Keep going. In the shadow of this great man, Naaman, lived a little servant girl called... Well, actually, we don't even know her name. We don't know how old she is. All we know about this little servant girl was that she knew the one place in the world where Naaman could be cured of his leprosy. Wasn't it kind of God's that because he was in control, he had placed this little servant girl who knew the one place in the world where he could be cured in Naaman's house? Wasn't that kind? And this girl, with more bravery than even her brave master, Naaman, spoke up and said, next glamorous assistant, she said, if you're reading in the Bibles, if only, were her words, let's read this, come stand over here. She said, I'm going to point to this and you're going to say it, she said, if only only my master would go and see the prophet that is in Samaria. She said, Do you know what? She knew the one place. And so she not only was really, really brave 
to speak up. She was really, really confident. She didn't just say, oh, I think there might be someone who might be able to help. She said, he would help you. Not just he might, he would be able to help you and cleanse you of your leprosy. And you know what? For the first time, probably, the big, big master listened to the little, little servant. That doesn't normally happen. But for once, the master did what the servant told him to do. So desperate was Naaman to get rid of his leprosy that he listened to the girl who said, you would go to the prophets. Now, a prophet was God's man who spoke God's words. It was a man called Elisha. And so Naaman got on his way. He jumped on his chariot and he started going towards the prophet, God's man with God's words, in Samaria. But you know, Naaman was a bit slow. Uh, he didn't get it quite right straight away. Do you know he went to the wrong person? Where should he have gone? To see the who? The prophets. He went to see the king. Could the king help him? No. The king couldn't cure him. Do you know what he put in the boot of his chariot? Tons of money, tons of silver, tons of gold. Could his money help him? No. And do you know Naaman went with the wrong attitude as well? He went wanting the prophet to do things the way he liked them to be done, in a way that would make him look great. I think Naaman would have got on well with Dora the Explorer. You seen Dora? For the adults, Dora is an explorer. You, you get it. Uh, but what does Dora sing at the end of every episode? What's her song? Can someone sing it? What does she say? Yeah? We did it. She says, we did it. We did it. Doesn't she? Naaman would have loved something that could have said, I did it. We did it. I cured myself. But you know, Naaman had to learn that unlike Dora the Explorer, he couldn't do it. His money, his friends, himself could not cure him of his leprosy. Even the prophet wouldn't come out his house to see Naaman. I think because the prophet wanted Naaman to know it wasn't even the prophet Elisha that could help him. It was who? God who had to cure Naaman of his, Naaman of his leprosy. And so Naaman the prophet said, go down and wash seven times in the river. Has anyone ever had seven baths? One after the other? Yes. You must have been really dirty. So Naaman has to go seven times into the river. And so he goes down once and he washes and he comes back out. And guess what? Still got leprosy. He goes down a second time and he washes and he comes back out. And guess what? Still got leprosy. Third time, fourth time, fifth time. What's next? Sixth time, he goes down, comes back out. Guess what? Still got leprosy. And the seventh time, he walks down into the river and he washes. And you can guess that he's thinking, is this really going to work? This disease that no one else can cure me from? And you know what? As he walks out of the river, guess what? It's completely gone. No more leprosy all over his skin. Do you know we're told he was completely clean? He was like a little child. The master has become like the little servant girl who said, if only you would go and see the prophet. 
Jesus. Naaman went down and he washed and his leprosy was completely gone. He was completely, completely clean. So here's the story of Naaman. He says he was a great man with a great job who had done great things. He had leprosy. And the little servant girl said to Naaman, he would go and see the prophets. And when he did, guess what happened? He became completely clean. There's the story of Naaman. But you know what? That is the story of the whole Bible. The story of the whole Bible. And your story is the story of Naaman. That although we are people who, turn that around, might be great people, the Bible says... We are sinners. We need someone to make us clean. clean. And the great story of the Bible, my great joy this morning, is to be able to stand here and say, if only you would go to God's man who speaks God's words. If only you would go to Jesus, the one who has come from heaven to earth to clean you of your sin. I've got a friend, believe it or not. I have a friend who lives in London, and he asked a six-year-old girl in his church, what has Jesus done for you? Do you know how she responded? Six years old. Who's six here? Do you know what my six-year-old friend said? She said, Jesus has put a mop in my heart, and so my sins are washed away. Isn't that great? That is what Jesus comes to do, to put a mop in our hearts, to wash our sins away. He doesn't use a mop, but he came and he does it through his death on the cross. Now, I've not used a mop very often, but I'm told that when you use a mop, it starts off and the floor is all dirty and the mop is pretty clean. And so you go and you clean the floor, apparently, and (laughs) once you've finished, the the floor is completely clean. But what happens to the mop? It's all dirty and minging. So you know, when Jesus came from the cleanness of heaven, he came down to the dirty, sinful world. And to make me clean, he became dirty. He cleaned me and became covered in my sin. And so he died on the cross, the death that I deserved as a dirty sinner, so that I might be clean like Naaman. Is that not great news? That although we are great people, (laughs) but we are sinners. If only we would go to Jesus, the one who died on the cross, then we would be clean. Well done. You're getting it. (laughs) Two things to finish, boys and girls. Two people to copy in this passage. I would love you guys to be like Naaman, who realized that although you might be dirty with sin, that you would be someone like Naaman who goes to God's man with God's words, to Jesus, and trust him that he is the one who through his mop, his cross, he makes you clean. That is why the Sunday school teachers teach you every week. That is the example to copy. But here's the second one. Wasn't the little girl really brave? Wasn't she really confident to say, if only? Well, if you're someone who, like Naaman, has become clean through Jesus, then why don't you try and be like the little girl who says, if only, to people? 
Maybe your friends at school. Maybe your parents. Maybe your grandparents. That you could say to them, although they might be great people with great jobs who do great things, that as they are sinners, they could, if only, go to Jesus. They would be clean. Is that all right? Shall we try this one more time? Make sure you've got it. So Naaman was a great, great man with a great, great job who did great, great things. He had leprosy. And the little girl said he would go to the prophet that's in Samaria. He would be healed. And so he went and he became good. Should we do it for us to make this story of the Bible our story? So we might be great people. We're sinners. And so the Bible says we would go to Jesus. We would be healed. And as we go to Jesus, we can become clean. Great. I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you very much that this story of the Bible is a great story about how Jesus makes people clean. We are sorry that we have sinned and preferred to be our own masters rather than your servants. And yet we thank you that Jesus has come, that although we are sinners, he died that we might be made clean. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.